This is Bob Cudmore. Thanks for listening to the Historian's Podcast. Honestly, we could use a little financial help. If you can see your way clear to sending a donation, it would help us continue our weekly audio podcasts on history. Send a check made out to Neuro Publishing to 125 Horseman Drive, Scotia, New York, 12302. Or Facebook or tweet me or email me at bobcudmore at yahoo.com for more information. We want to keep those historians' podcasts going, and we need your help to do so. Now, on with the show. Mohawk Country Heritage Association Forms is the headline, and here to talk about it is Norm Bolin. Hello, Norm. Hi, Bob. How are you doing? Okay. I am Bob Cudmore, and you are listening to the Historian's Podcast. Fort Plain Museum Chairman Norm Bolin says the museum is taking the lead in organizing a new marketing association for the Mohawk Valley's numerous 18th century historic sites. Uh, what is it? What is it that you're trying to accomplish? Well, uh, this is uh, kind of an outgrowth of our, of our Path Through History project. Uh, if, if you remember here a few years ago, uh, Governor Cuomo started the, uh, uh, the Path Through History project, and we formed a Mohawk Valley group uh, to work on interpreting uh, the history of the Mohawk Valley. Um, we've, uh, we had organized, uh, put together new brochures, and we did a website, and we were very successful in that. But, uh, but it, it uh, kind of became clear that we really needed to do something more and uh, work more closely with our historic sites. Um, so after talking a lot of these ideas out about what we should do, uh, I decided that uh, probably the best thing would be uh, that we work uh, strictly with those sites that were around Exit 29 uh, because we were kind of aiming at tourists, getting tourists out the New York State Thruway to visit these sites. So that was a manageable thing uh, that uh, we've got about um, about eight historic sites uh, all within a few miles of each other around that Exit 29 area. So um, uh, the idea was to get these people together, start coordinating activities, and uh, put together programs that would uh, uh, appeal to heritage tourists that were out traveling, get them off the throughway, and get them to, to visit our sites and our communities. And already you've, uh, you've found a rather big increase at the, at the site where you're the chairman of the, the board, the Fort Plain Museum, since the state, the state put up better signs, is that what yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, we did. Uh, we did. That was another one of the reasons I really wanted to get this thing going because the uh, the path through history pro- uh, program. That you know, there's certainly been shortfalls and things that haven't worked out as good as we had hoped. But but uh, uh, but the one thing we had noticed is with all the new signage and our website and you know those efforts, uh, we noticed that our number of our visitors had tripled uh, this past summer. And so we didn't want to let that go. You know, we wanted to build on that. Um, and uh, um, now the, the Mohawk Valley Path Through History Program did did not get funded uh, this year. They are still trying to trying to find some funding to see if we can at least get uh, uh, continue the website and um, uh, continue getting those brochures printed uh, because we had gotten such a good response with that. But. Uh, but we kind of saw that you know what we could do with the Mohawk Valley thing would uh, would um, uh, capitalize on that growth and and continue it. Mm-hmm. And you used a, a phrase that sounds like a term of art these days in the 
history and, and tourism fields. Heritage tourism, what is, what is that? Well, heritage tourism, uh, specifically, gee, you know, I wish I had all the numbers right in front of me. It's a that's a, a portion of the, of the tourism industry, and it's a, it's a very large portion. Runs into hundreds of millions of dollars uh, that are spent by uh, tourists that uh, uh, are specifically interested in in uh, in uh, the heritage of the country. And, uh, of course, the Revolutionary War in the Mohawk Valley is a big theme, and there's a lot of interest in that, uh, a, lot of, a lot of interest nationwide. And, of course, with the Internet, it's a lot easier for us to, to market that uh, and let people know uh, what we have up here. Um, when I was, uh, I was in Colonial Williamsburg last uh, March, I think it was, for a conference, and a lot of the people I talked to down there, they all knew about the Mohawk Valley, but they never really had a reason to come up here. Um, so they're interested, you know, and the more we talk about it, they're interested. You just need to give them a reason uh, to want to visit us. So, you know, we're kind of hoping that we're going to do that. Yes, and I, I would say what would probably surprise them, and in all honesty, when you put it all together, it even surprises me, you know, somebody who's lived around here most of his life, that there are so many of these sites that are specifically focused on the Revolutionary War era, you know, uh, especially the group that you're starting with, the startup uh, a group uh, around Fort Plain, if you will, in the Fort Plain Museum. Yeah, there, there was a, a study that was done back in the 90s called uh, the Northern Frontier Project. Uh, uh, it was a government study, and uh, they began identifying all the uh, colonial historic sites in New York State, and there were more sites in Montgomery County than any other county in the state. Uh, it's just nobody knows about them. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, and of course, many of these signs are just uh, our sites are just identified by by road signs uh, and so on. A lot of them are privately owned. There's some beautiful private privately owned colonial homes uh, that uh, are worth seeing as well. So, so we're pretty fortunate. You know, you just don't see this in other areas of the country. Mm -hmm. And I to put you on the spot, but I, you sent me the, a list of the eight sites, and we'll talk probably the most about Fort Plain Museum, and you've got some. Really uh, great activities coming up this year. But among the other sites uh, across the river, there's Fort Clock. I mean, can you tell us a little bit about each one of these places? What, what is Fort yeah, Clock? Yeah. I mean, that's a site. Uh, Fort right? Clock was a fortified homestead. Uh, I, geez, I, I don't have you know the, their uh, the details of their organization, but but uh, it, it's a 17. I think it's a 1750 era. Uh, Homestead, so it was there during the French and Indian War as well as during the Revolutionary War. Um, that uh, the organization that operates it uh, started in the late 1950s uh, and restored the property, and it's open to the public. And they have a number of other great buildings on the site there, you know, a school and a blacksmith shop and a Dutch barn and so on. And, and it's really, really a great spot. Uh, and they're near the Nellis Tavern. Uh, which was uh, built by an early uh, Palatine settler. Yeah, uh, the Nellis Tavern, uh, uh, just down the road from that, uh, that's operated by the Palatine Settlement Society, and uh, they uh, um, have restored that building, uh, and a lot of these are works in progress. There's always more to be done, uh, but uh, um, but uh, they, uh, they're... They're operating their organization there. They do special events, uh, and uh, it's basically a, an 18th and early 19th century uh, tavern. Uh, mm -hmm. And there's also then the 
the Palatine Church, and maybe you're just worried about the Palatines. That's a section of uh, Germany, was it not? And the, the, a number of, of people emigrated from there over to the Hudson and the Mohawk Valley. Right, that's true. The Palatine migration that uh, from uh, I think it was around 1710 when they they first uh, uh, came over here, and uh, the Palatines. Uh, the, there's quite a story about different areas. They were in the Scary Valley for a while, but they they eventually uh, a big chunk of them end up in our our portion of the Mohawk Valley uh, and uh, settled the uh, Stone Arabia Patton. And uh, and so you see a lot of that Palatine influence uh, in the architecture of of these buildings, like the, like the Palatine Church. Uh. And Stone Arabia is such a neat name; <laughs> nobody's really sure exactly what it means. I've seen I've seen uh, different write-ups on that. One of the ones that sounded most reasonable was you'd see some early maps that uh, referred to it as the Stan Rabi, and uh, I had read something that uh, someone said that in a Palatine German dialect that meant stacking stones. And of course, if you drive around up there, you'd see these stone fences all over the place. So that always seemed to make some sense to me. But you know, who knows if that's right? <laughs> And the other uh, members of the early members of the Mohawk Country Heritage Association from Canajahari, the Van Alstyne Homestead, and up in St. Johnsville, really a great uh, place with its own museum, the Margaret Rainey Library. Yeah, they have a beautiful collection there. You know, Margaret Rainey Library, a little different uh, than some of these other sites. It's really a library and a museum, and uh, they have some great colonial artifacts uh, in, in their collection. Uh, uh, there in the library. So if you uh, if, you know you want to you want to see uh, a, a lot of these kinds of materials, there uh, they have a beautiful collection on, on uh, exhibit. So that's uh, your there. nucleus that you're starting this with, uh, with the Mohawk Country Heritage Association. But um, the heritage tourists, I, I know this is maybe a stupid question, but who are these people? And I mean, you must work with you know come across them or deal with people who have this interest in uh, you know, but who are they mix- and where do, how do they travel the country yeah it, it's it's a mixture certainly you you'll find a lot of uh, a lot of older guys that uh, that want to get out and are just interested in history, and you'll find a lot of those people, especially with the the day trippers that are out uh, out and around for the day. But you know, we also get we also get families that are interested in in a, something a little bit different. Uh, uh, you know, they want to have something a little edu- educational, but the, you know, uh, uh, something that uh, the family can enjoy too. Um, so. Um, so it is kind of a mixed thing, you know, and it's very specific, of course, you know, people that are interested in, in uh, uh, history and in that particular time period. And events influence um, tourism, I would say. Uh, uh, for example, you're, you're getting a lot on social media about history. Uh, recently, um, was it the History Channel did this series on um, the Sons of Liberty in Boston? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden... There were all these local posts up, you know, up in the Mohawk Valley about how the cannon to uh, frighten the British came from uh, Fort Ticonderoga and, and so forth. So you, you all of a sudden get these blips of, of interest in something uh, historical, and I imagine that adds to the interest in uh, what you're trying to promote. Well, it really does. You know, the people that put these programs on, of course, they're, they're, they have to inject a certain amount of entertainment value. So they're, they're not always true to the story as much as uh, uh, many of us would like to see. But 
it gives everybody something to talk about too. Uh, so yes, you'll find on the social media them pointing out, you know, you know, how come they never talked about the cannon from Fort Ticonderoga in, the, uh, in that program and and so on. Uh, but as I said, that gives us all something to, to talk about. Uh, and uh, uh, now, the Mohawk Country Heritage Association, I, I believe, from your news release, uh, you've come up with a, a slogan or something to market, uh, calling the area that you're focusing on around exit. 29 in the Thruway, up in the Canajary Fort Plain area, Mohawk Country, America's First Frontier. Uh, what are you going to do with that phrase or that campaign this year? Well, you know, that uh, that First Frontier thing, actually, I had come up with that when we were putting together the, uh, the Path Through History brochures, explaining... You know that at the time of uh, the nation declared independence in 1776, uh, the Mohawk Valley was the premier frontier. It was what the Continental Congress focused on. They needed the Mohawk Valley to get to the Great Lakes and get to the interior of the, uh, the country. There simply was no other way. So that, that's kind of where we came up with the first frontier um, uh, slogan. Uh, now we're planning some events for uh, this summer, uh, something we're calling July Fest, where we're going to try to have uh, the sites open and operating during the month of July and try to have events every weekend in July, which is a tall order. But we're getting there. We're, we're, we're getting it organized. Uh, it, a lot of it depends on finding grant money to help us uh, run the, uh, the programs. Mm. But, uh, but see, uh, something like the Fort Plain Museum or Fort Clark, they're open pretty much every day. Um, but some sites aren't, so uh, uh, so we're going to help them uh, have their doors open so that tourists, and it'll be in the brochures that we're printing up, uh, that tourists can get off the throughway and, and go visit these sites. So we're, we're really keying in on the month of July because that's the, uh, that's the high tourist month. Uh, mm. when, uh, I mean, most people do any of these folks come by bus, or is it like they come in individual cars, you know, like a whole bus load? Uh, you know, we, we do get... We do get buses. We, we've been getting them, uh, and we've talked about ways to target more bus tours. Um, some one of the things I found is uh, different different sites get different bus groups. Um, I had seen last fall a, a bus tour uh, out of Syracuse that was over at the Palatine Church, and they were hitting some other spots down the valley. And I thought, gee, you know, it's, it would be easy for them to just drive across the river and hit a couple of other sites, too, uh, right right in the immediate area. So we're tracking down the bus companies and letting the, letting them know for uh, for the tours that uh, these places will be open and operating. Mm. And uh, for the Mohawk uh, Country Heritage Association, you've you've got a story or you know, the, the narrative. And I, maybe you've already uh, covered this, but maybe not in this fashion. Uh, that uh, you talk about the French and Indian War, this area, the area that you're living in or you're working in, uh, was involved in that, and in the American Revolution, it it was it was there were some battles, but it was like a, a raiding ground. It was uh, like well, yeah, there were there were a lot of raids that uh, that went up and down the valley, uh, but yeah, we we try to tell that whole story uh, where. Uh, different things that were happening relating to different sites. For example, the Van Alstyne House in Canajahari was a site where there were a lot of meetings of the Committee of Safety, uh, which were was dealing basically with, with how they were going to manage the revolution locally. Uh, it's kind of like our own little mini version of the Continental Congress with the, with the Committee of Safety getting together and 
and figuring out how they were going to establish a new government and deal with all the problems that were that were breaking out uh, with riots and so on. So you know that's one story there, and then you can go to the different sites and and hit the rest of the story as you mentioned uh, uh, the raids. Uh, there was a big August 2nd raid on, on the Canajoharie District where Fort Plain was. Uh, and then, of course, um, you get into uh, the, the raids later in the war with the, with the uh, Battle of Sharon Springs, the Battle of Johnstown. Uh, uh, yeah, earlier in the war, you had that Battle of Clocksfield uh, in 1780 and uh, Battle of Stone Arabia. So. And then to top it all off, after the fighting ceases, the big man himself comes up to the Mohawk Valley. George well, Washington. that's true. Uh, yeah, and and that has to do with uh, uh, you know Washington, who was very busy uh, down down around the New York City and New Jersey area. Uh, they were they were very aware that this was the back door up here that they were trying to make sure that. Uh, 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 that they took care of the Mohawk Valley as well. So there's a lot of letters back and forth between Washington and key commanders. So uh, when the war finally is winding down, Washington gets a chance to come up here and uh, visit the area firsthand and, and meet with people and talk with them about what they've been going through and kind of do that same thing that a president would do uh, visiting the, the site of a disaster to um, lend sympathy and support. Yeah, that is an interesting way to look at it. Yes, he also was looking for land, right, <laughs> to buy. Yeah, well, they, you know, that was that was a common enough thing. They they were business people too, and they they mixed that in, uh, and uh, they really did. Washington, from the reports he was getting about the Mohawk Valley, he was he was impressed with everything he heard and what he saw, and uh, I think they saw the Mohawk Valley as a big up-and-coming area that was going to be important to the country uh, since it was going to be the, the, the conduit to the interior of the nation. Um, you know, they, uh, they invested in land themselves in Washington, along with uh, Marinus Willett and uh, Governor Clinton. Um, they had bought land out, uh, out near Oriskany. Um, in what was called the Carolina Patent. So, uh, and he still owned that land at, at the time of his death. Mm. Now, this uh, effort or, or your group effort to promote uh, Mohawk country uh, tourism, uh, focusing on uh, the American Revolution and the uh, French and Indian War. I mean, I hate to, even though this is a program about history, I hate to dwell on this kind of a past. It's sort of like the history of history. Uh, this effort was being made before, but it, it, I don't know if it didn't take off, but I'm speaking of the Mohawk Valley Heritage Corridor Commission. That yeah. was. Yeah, I'd ri I had written some notes to myself uh, to talk about that. You know, the Heritage Quarter Commission, uh, I think it was a, a, a well-placed program and well-meaning, but but uh, it was a public benefit corporation run by uh, through the state of New York, and these things tend to get very bureaucratic. There were a lot of commissioners involved. You know, all all well-meaning, good people, uh, but uh, but I and I. Don't even profess to know the politics of the whole thing, but uh, but eventually the it was defunded and uh, and it went away, which kind of left a hole here, a big gap about who was actually going to going to concentrate on this this type of tourism uh, in the Mohawk Valley. So, but this association that, that you're getting off the ground is a, a private group. Or, I mean, it's formed from yeah. 
Yeah, which that. which may, means we have no money. <laughs> but, right. but 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 uh, but you know we're gonna we're bootstrapping it and working together and and we'll get busy and find the money. But but we won't uh, we we won't have any affiliations with any other government organizations. Um, at least no. I don't expect we will. I'm sorry. What will? I said at least I don't expect that we're going to have any ties with any other government groups. Uh, it, it'll be strictly uh, uh, the uh, the historic sites uh, working together themselves. We have talked about uh, expanding it, uh, and, and actually, in the beginning, we were talking about making this a Fulton Montgomery County thing. And there's a group in Johnstown that's very interested in doing it too. It's just. For what, uh, because I was driving a lot of it, I said, you know, I, I couldn't do everything all at once. So I said, let's let's start with one, see how we do, and then if these other groups want to jump on board, we'll, we'll probably will expand it in the future. I hope you can. Yeah. Uh, I know that sometimes yeah. in the history field, there's a lot of, well, there's a lot of backbiting, or you know, people are, well, it's, we have this and you don't have that, and so on and so forth. But I think um, this sounds like a practical idea to me. You're, you're starting with a group that is sort of naturally allied with each other and if it works out i think if i was uh you know on the board or something of a, a historic site in let's say fulton county or elsewhere in montgomery county I said gee can't we get involved with those people yeah well that that's kind of what we're hoping uh that uh, if we can demonstrate uh, that we got the right idea and you know we we do intend to try to to uh monitor results and, and and keep an eye on what, how many visitors everybody uh, uh, has coming through so that we can go back and show that and you know then we'll be looking uh, to for grants from from even local uh, organizations uh, uh, um, uh, local grantees or uh, uh, county governments for you know for example you know Montgomery County has a has an economic uh, development uh, plan for tourism uh, so uh, so I'm sure we'll be talking with them as time goes on here for looking for assistance. So, you know, it's not easy, but uh, but I think it, I think it really stands a good chance of working out in the end. We're on the line with uh, Norm Bolin talking about the Mohawk Country Heritage Association, a consortium, if you will, of, of American Revolutionary era uh, historic sites in the Canajary Fort Plain uh, region, at least initially. And um, Norm is chairman of the board of the Fort Plain Museum in Fort Plain, New York. And I had said we would uh, get to talking about programs you've got going. And you've got a big conference coming up uh, May 1st through the 3rd. Uh, tell us about that. Uh, yeah, that, that's correct. Uh, we're kind of excited about this. Uh, we have uh, a half a dozen authors coming uh, to present uh, that have uh, written books. Uh, many of them, uh, their stories all relate in some fashion to the Mohawk Valley, and uh, um, and I think it's going to be kind of exciting thing. Uh, you know, as we developed it, we decided uh, we should stretch it into a weekend, and we're going to we're going to start it out on a Friday evening, uh, where I'll I'll uh, do a little presentation about uh, about Fort Plain itself, Fort Plain, Fort Rensselaer, and uh, and then uh, Saturday all day will be uh, presentations by the authors, and then Sunday we're trying we're putting together a bus tour uh, where we can take some of the conference goers around to some of the other historic sites uh, in in the area. Um, so uh, it's it's coming together pretty good. Uh, we're excited about it. we're getting a lot of buzz on social media. So uh, so we'll see how it goes. Mm -hmm. And uh, you're you're hoping. 
Oh, not if you're hoping, but you're finding that you've gotten such a response that you might need a bigger venue for some of the events. Uh, yeah, we we are uh, a little concerned about that. Our conference room uh, will seat about fifty to sixty people, and we were going to cut it off at that. But if, but with the response we're getting, if it if it continues, uh, we we may have to take one portion of it that uh, uh, that Saturday program with the authors. We might have to move that to a, a larger facility. And we're looking at a couple of different locations right now uh, to see if we can make that work out. And I believe you have five uh, authors of uh, historic books who will be on hand. The one that I find most uh, interesting, uh, I mentioned earlier, the father of our country, George Washington, a man named Glenn Williams, has written The Year of the Hangman, George Washington's yeah. Campaign Against the Iroquois. Yeah, Sounds yeah. Uh, pretty uh, intense. Yeah, uh, Glenn, Glenn's been to the museum, uh, to our place to speak before. He, he came out with that book a few a few years ago, and uh, it's a real good analysis of the whole uh, Sullivan-Clinton expedition, uh, which uh, which uh, uh, General Clinton's portion of that uh, launched out of Schenectady, and and the troops all gathered uh, along uh, the river between. Uh, Modern-day Fort Plain and Kanjari, they uh, right on the flats there, and then and then they did what was called a portage, where they had to move uh, nearly 2,000 men and a couple of hundred boats and wagons uh, that they had to move south to Otsego Lake uh, for an invasion of of uh, the Western uh, uh, Indian country. And uh, so it's a, yeah, it's a pretty good book. He, uh, he's a, he's an interesting speaker with that. Mm. And, and, you know, again, that's his uh, book. But, I mean, I gather just from the title that he's uh, the goal or at least one of the goals was to kill uh, Iroquois. Well, the goal goal was uh, to strike a blow and, and uh, eliminate their ability to make war because uh, uh, they had already, uh, through 1778, the previous year, the, the Indians had raided on behalf of the British. The, what, these were Indians who were allied with the British, so probably it's more accurate to call them loyalist Indians uh, because, of course, the Oneida Indians were on our side. Uh, but uh, but uh, these loyalist Indians... Um, uh, that they were attacking, uh, they wanted to eliminate their ability to make war on us. And through 1778, they raided. Um, say, I think they raided eight or ten different spots on both sides of the Mohawk Valley, uh, burning settlements and, and so on. So um, it was, uh, and of course, the Congress, because they were concerned about the Mohawk Valley and wanted to hang on to it, uh, they're they're trying to establish what are going to be the borders of the new nation. Well, they have they have to get out and defend these these areas. So, uh, so it was decided actually by Con George Washington, but by Congress that uh, that um, uh, they were going to put this mission together and try to put a stop to these raids. I think it's a it's a good point uh, that you know it's easy to let the American Revolution kind of go into uh, oh the uh, uh, filtered look at American history. Uh, you know, and you hear the, you know, how the rise of the new country and so forth. But this was a war. I mean, it, it kind of almost reminds me some of the events in the Middle East or the events, you know, in recent years or the events in, in Europe in, in World War II. I mean, the both sides did, did very bad things to each other. And they were, their tempers and passions were really inflamed. 
Yeah, well, and that's true, and and, and you're right. Uh, in the end, war is war, and uh, when you analyze this, you'll you'll see a lot of these same things. You know, they started out very often. They start out at the beginning, and they're they're trying to avoid the conflicts. But uh, but you know, once once a war starts, you see this all the time. Once it starts, these things just get progressively worse and worse, and uh, until it's it's very difficult to control what's happening. Uh, and uh, there was a lot of that. Uh, there was also a great deal of fear. You know, you had that clash of cultures, which is kind of an interesting thing here with the Indians. Is is all these people living on the frontier? They'd all been here during the French and Indian War. They understood the Indian style of warfare, and uh, and a lot of people were just deathly afraid of that brutality uh, that they had seen. So, and of course, that fear makes everybody do irrational things very often. Well, Norm Bolin, I thank you for uh, joining us. The Fort Play Museum hosting an American Revolution in the Mohawk Valley Conference May 1st through 3rd at the museum uh, off Route 5 in Fort Plain. And if you want more information on uh, that or the Mohawk Country Heritage Association, uh, can they contact you by phone? Uh, they, they can. They, uh, I think in our press releases, uh, I have my cell phone number on, on there. Uh, or they can uh, they can actually uh, just uh, email the Fort Plain Museum at yahoo.com, which is also listed in our flyers. Well, Norm Bolin, uh, chairman of the board for the Fort Plain Museum, I thank you very much for talking with us on The Historians. Have a good day. Okay, you too, Bob.